0: You subscribed, but are you a channel member? You probably should be. You get extra additional content, Madden gameplays. You get early access to tons of different videos, as well as uh as well as what do we call those things again? Oh, that's right, live membership only live streams. That's right, only for members, only for you. You get all of our time in the, uh, not just football, Ant.
1: Yeah, lots of other stuff as well. So go ahead and click the join button right now and join the 49ers Cutback crew.
0: Get some cool emojis
1: also. Oh, yeah, that as well. From the albums at Kizar to the glory days at the stick, to the show everyone. Sorry about the little technical difficulties, but we're on track. Here we go.
0: I hate I hate everything right now. And but you know what I don't hate? I don't hate the cutback crew. Yeah. I, I don't hate the fact that we're talking about edge rushers. That's a positive thing and something I'm excited about because there's a lot of uh, a lot of names and a lot of guys and a lot of uh players for the 49ers to target that could help this team and I saw impossible earlier uh in in the last stream that should have this should have been running on but didn't, but that's beside the point was talking about how if you're going to draft edge rusher, why don't you just re-sign Arden Key? And the reality is is that Arden Key was going to cost you seven $7 million. You know what a, a edge rusher in the you know third, fourth, fifth, sixth round isn't going to cost you? $7 million.
1: Yeah, I think that's the main thing, is you're going to have to overpay Arden Key uh, to be a situational <laughs> pass rusher. He wasn't somebody that was going to be a starter. You can draft someone in this draft that could be a situational pass rusher to start and then eventually develop into the replacement for Ebucom if you decided that he was to... Um, expensive for you to keep around so this is an opportunity for the 49ers to get younger at a position and also improve a already very dominant room that they have so edge rusher is always an option for the 49ers in every single draft so you have to take into account this position and look into each and every single one of these guys and there's a lot of really good edge rushers in this draft and i'm excited to talk about it
0: no excited to talk about all of these guys and so all of you who are here already live with us comment right now how pumped you are about this and Ant, let's dive into some of these names that are on this list and, and options for the 49ers to actually go after and target. And let's start near the top of the list, not fully at the top of the list because the reality is, right, the KV on Thibodeaux of the world, the Aiden Hutchinsons of the world, most likely the Jermaine Johnsons and the George Carl of the world are not going to be available. But ever since David Njabu's injury, yeah. you have to now bring this up and mention this because he's, this guy went from no way in heck the Niners are going to be able to touch this guy in the first round to... Is there a chance this guy falls to a point where San Francisco feels they have to pull the trigger on him? What are you thinking? And then obviously, what do you love about uh, Mr. Ajabu, who is probably your favorite edge rusher in the whole draft?
1: It is my favorite edge rusher in the entire draft. And he should have been, you know, one of the top 15 picks in this draft. And he's just not going to be because of the injury. It's unfortunate. He may miss the entire season. So if you draft him, you are running the risk of him not having an impact on your team in 2022. However, the impact that he could make on your roster in 2023 and beyond could be enough for you to want to pull the trigger. Now, the question will be, at what point is that? I do believe somewhere in the second round, a team would be willing to take a shot on David Ojabu. I think that the 49ers could be one of those teams. I think they would rather have an impact player, but it might be just too much to pass up because eventually putting him opposite of Nick Bosa could fundamentally change how your defense is played because there is nobody that can rush off the edge like D Ford except maybe eventually David Ojabu. His first step is fantastic. His hand placement is great. He was one of the guys that got a star player for me. Um, His rip is fantastic. He has great bend. He causes turnover, so he makes plays for your defense. I thought those were really things that were great about him. And the one concern I had was power. Well, you know what you can do during an offseason where you're rehabbing? You can get a lot stronger and a lot more powerful. So I I would definitely be interested in making this move, Alex. The question is, would the 49ers take that chance at pick 61, Knowing they're not going to have an impact from Ajabu for probably the entire 2022 season, and just being basically saying we're going to lock this guy up for 2023.
0: Uh, and that's what it does feel like, indeed. And gotta gotta switch that over there. Uh, there you Mr. go, Edward, man. man. You gotta gotta get the, something else going here. Uh, look though, David Ajabu's got I, I, he's very explosive, extremely explosive, ridiculously high motor. Um, and the rep move is incredible too. Um, and when you put this guy in one on one situations, and he's going to win. He's 100% going to win. The only question is now is how impactful is that injury. Um, I, I'm going to be I'm going to be cautiously optimistic and say that there is a, a, a good chance that he could return at some point during this year, ideally probably late late end of the season, but most teams, right, if you're taking a chance with this guy, you know you're not getting this dude you're not getting this dude this season, at least not the best version of him or the version that you want to see. Um, so this is a situation where in a rotation, I think this is works best. And guess what? In San Francisco, that's what he'll be a part of is a rotation. So it's actually a great fit.
1: Yeah. And he could play a start on the pup list and you could have him on the pup list until he was able to come back. Alex, with the defensive line, this deep, the 49ers could store him and then bring him back. Like you said, in December and potentially on a playoff run and let this guy roll as a, you know, a rotational pass rusher. Um, so I, that's why I think he does make sense. If he was sitting there at 61, I'm not the general manager. I'm not John Lynch. I'm not Adam Peters and these guys that make the decisions. If he was sitting there at 61, yeah, I'm going full trend Bulky. I'm drafting this guy at pick 61 because I see the potential of what he could be in the future.
0: Uh, agreed with you there, and, and you were right, chat. Uh, the chat has frozen on the screen at the moment. I'm working on it. We're working on that there. We'll see if we can't get that back up and running. Uh, and in the meantime, Ant, we can flip over to ideally another screen which chat should be working, and there be you working go. just fine while well, I fix that up. Uh, look, I, I think uh, David and is a very interesting one. Uh, I think this is one that every fan needs to be keeping an eye on. And I know people want to stay away from injuries, but this is a really special talent and the very, very special talent. Well, let's move to another gentleman out of Minnesota boy, mafia, another guy that you're oh, yeah. very, very happy with it. In, in big big hoots with you, absolutely love it. Um boy mafia out of Minnesota is a, a special talent. In fact, and I, I have him with a with a second round grade, a high second round Ooh, grade. I like that. Um this guy's explosive. He's relent re- relentless. That bull rush of his is very hard to stop as well. When he gets going downhill and gets his hands into guys, it, it is he is just going to do what he wants to do. I love the way how low he plays in space as well. He's got a very nice rip move. Um I don't have very many cons on him. I, I don't have very many cons. I think the only thing I was questioning was whether or not um, he, he's an every-down starter right away. But if you're the San Francisco 49ers, you don't need him to be an every-down starter right away. So it's not really a con. It doesn't really matter. So for San Francisco, not many cons. For other teams that are looking for an every-down edge rusher, maybe there's a con there and you don't want to take him and he falls down boards.
1: I really liked his heavy hands. I mean, that was something that I, I liked. It, it seemed like when he got his hands on people, they moved. Uh, he's very physical. He's able to bend the corner. He was very stout against the run, which I liked. Some of the other edge rushers that we're going to talk about Need to develop their run stopping ability and being able to set the edge and not give up ground. He's not one of them. He's one of those guys that I I believe is actually a very fringe first round talent. He's gonna even get better because he's just learning the game of football. He hasn't developed fully all the way yet. Uh, this is a this is an absolute must selection at 61 if he's available. I mean he I think he's that good that minus there being one of these other players uh, that's available, maybe you think it's more explosive, maybe like a Christian Watson. This is where that conversation is, right? The explosive wide receiver versus the explosive edge rusher. Uh, but I really like this guy a lot. And I think he would be impactful for the 49ers. You could slide him in easily as a backup this year to Samson Ebucom, But he could definitely develop into a, a player that is equal to or better than Samson Ebucom and an absolute threat on the opposite side of Nick Bosa. Uh, he, he would be a, a, a steal for the 49ers at 61 if he's still sitting there. I don't know if he's going to be there, but if he is, uh, that would be a steal.
0: True. P. Merger said Mafi won't be there at 61. Is yeah, he, is what probably he's gonna right. Feel. He might not be. We have seen him fall that far. The Ojabo the injury may make him not, not available there at 61. If if Ojabo and him somehow, someway were both available at 61, what route would you want to go?
1: I mean, it depends on if you want that guy this year. I think, in my opinion, Ojabo is a better... Rusher, yes. a better player. Right now, um, absolutely. so I mean, if if you feel like you can wait, then you wait. mean, um, you know you're gonna get a, a better player in the long run. But I think that it would be really enticing to go after Boy Moffy. but both of them could be gone. Um, but we don't know yet. And there's so many things that change, you know, throughout the draft. You don't know who's gonna fall. I mean last year people told us don't talk about Asante Samuel. Asante is gonna go at the end of the first round. Then we were talking about we did talk about Asante Samuel and he went after pick forty three where the Forty ers were supposed to go. So when it comes to the draft, you have to just go with windows and areas at which people are going to land. I do believe as well that these edge rushers are going to come off the board early, but um, you you still got to talk about him just in case they slide. And if they do, then potentially the 49 need to pounce on him.
0: So, Chad, how do you feel about Boy Mafi? How, how are you liking him? Have you watched any of him? Do you like this guy? Do you think it'd be a good fit for San Francisco? Do you like Boy Mafi or do you like David and Jabu a little bit more? Um, and I'm seeing a couple other guys bringing up some other names, but... Look, I think these are two of the names that are more the realistic possibilities now for the San Francisco 49ers at 61.
1: And potentially trading up, right? Correct. If one of these guys get into Correct. the 40 to 50 range, the 49ers could use some of their draft capital over the next two years. And you would think they don't have a lot of draft capital, but we're having nine <laughs> picks in 2022 and 11 picks in 2023 because of all the compensatories that are going on. Uh, that's 20 picks. That's a lot of capital to be able to move around in the draft if you need to. Um, plus, you got to think that they know they're going to be getting compensatory picks in the future. As some of these other, we're going to have Greenlaw and Al Shire potentially coming up the year after. There's going to be picks. Did Jimmy Garoppolo move, or, you know, something's going to happen there? Maybe you get another pick. But I think they can move up and down. But really, it's all about getting five to seven impact players in this draft. And one of the ways to do that is get up there and get one of these edge rushers. Because what do you value more than edge Rusher for the 49ers? I'm not sure because I haven't seen them value anything else besides defensive line compared to every other position. <coughs> maybe maybe quarterback after the investment last year. Maybe
0: quarterback after yeah. the investment last year. But you're not making that investment this year, right? So, I mean, it feels like edge might be the, the, the key that's the most important piece. I know people are O-line, 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 receiver, receiver, receiver. Um, you have two very talented wideouts in Debo Samuel and Brandon Ayuk. You have the emerging Jawan Jennings, who's continuing to develop in his role as the as the you know the third guy right now and a guy who works in the power slot sort of role. Um, your O line, you have 11 guys currently under contract. So uh, unless there's someone you absolutely are in love with that you think is a you know bona fide starter there at 61. You may go with a guy who you know you can get that's going to be a rotational piece who's going to see the field and have an impact this year. An edge rusher seems to be the position because there's another gentleman out of San Diego State, Cameron Thomas. Yeah. Um. You've broken him a lot down. A lot. You've broken him down a lot more than me. My goodness gracious. Yeah. Let the cutback crew know what you're thinking and what you like.
1: Yeah. Cameron Thomas, 6'5", <clears throat> 270 from San Diego State. Um. The things I liked, I thought he was quick and he had a really good get off. And anytime you're quick and have a good get off and you keep low pad level. Uh, you're going to be one of those guys that Chris Cacerec going to like. And he has a good motor. Um, So, he, you know, he's somebody that can play the opposite of Nick Bosa, and he's going to continue to go get after it every single play. I think at first in the NFL, he's a rotational edge rusher, but could develop into a bona fide stud in this league, especially playing in the right system and playing for the right team with the right personnel around him. <clears throat> he would get that in San Francisco. Um, there wasn't a lot of negatives to him. I thought that there was maybe a little bit of flexibility issues in his bend. I thought he could get a little bit better on that. I thought a, t- a few technique things that he could fix a little bit, but you expect that from somebody that's developing in college. So I'm looking at him and I'm thinking, yeah, this guy would make a lot of sense. And he is a player that will be available at 61 more than likely, maybe even 93, depending on what the run on mm-hmm. edge rushers looks like. So to me, that is a realistic option for the 49ers, because when it comes down to it at pick 61, the fear is the holes for the 40 yards are what? Nickel corner, safety potentially. Um, you don't know if those players, there's gonna be some player that is at the level you need at that position. So you might just value an edge rusher, and one of those guys could be Cameron Thomas.
0: uh Very well could be the case. And I've watched yeah. a little bit. I haven't watched a lot. I've been, you know, you and I both have been kind of spreading out the edge rushers as best we can. Yeah. Um what I did what I did see and what you just brought up is, is the thing I noticed immediately, and that was the get-off, the explosive get-off and the way he fires out. Um, and anyone who has watched some of the drills the Niners do. We watched training camp last year, what they were doing with the edge rushers and D Ford and Bosa, when they'd have them compete, firing off, hitting the sled. And um, and it's all about the get off and who hits that bag first and pops that bag first. I mean, it's, it's something that is very important to Chris Kisarek and this D line group in general, just being yeah. able to fire off at a high clip. He does that.
1: Yeah. They're, they're built on penetration. The 49ers defense <clears throat> is built on getting across the ball and, and causing havoc. Not all defensive lines are like that. But that's why Arden Key and Maurice Hurst wanted to come play for the 49ers. It was a different scheme than what they were doing with Rod Marinelli in, in Las Vegas. So they had, to, they had to make the switch, be able to do what they needed to do. And since they did, you've seen Arden Key have a big year. Now, Maurice Hurst had injuries that didn't allow him to have that development. But when you're looking at these edge rushers, that's the kind of trait you're looking for as scheme fits for the Niners. That quick, quick twitch, impactful first step, getting around the corner, getting the bend, which means... You know, getting their shoulder down, getting around the corner, being able to <clears> run on their edges. That's why when you see them do the hoop drills, anyone that's ever seen them do the hoop drills or the figure eight drills um, at the combine, that's what they're doing. They're being able to run on their, le- le- on their edges, Sorry, uh, distribute their weight. That way they can make the moves that they need to make and then get to the quarterback. It's it's really fun to watch. Um, I'm drawn a lot to the edge rushers, and I'm drawn a lot to the guys with quick pass moves, uh, pass rush moves, but we also like when they can set the edge. That's what Cameron Thomas can do as well, set the edge.
0: Very true. And yeah. a $5 super chat here from JAG. Hi, TCC family. What do you think of Cameron Thomas, uh, Josh Pascal, and Arnold Epichetti at 61? Thomas can play inside or the edge, fourth, fourth or fifth. said Sam Williams as well. We're going to get to a lot of those names that you just brought up. A lot of those guys are going to get discussed. Um, Cameron Thomas, we just went over Yeah. JAG. So if you missed it, go back a little bit. Watch that. Get back to this point, And then get yourself live and get yourself caught up with us here. Um, this is going to be interesting though um, with the, with this guy. But Arnold Avakheti might as well get to him, man. We might as well go right into that because that's the next name, one of the names he brought up, and it's a guy to Penn State that you have to imagine the Niners are going to be looking at him and Luceda both because they were at pro days for Penn State yeah, recently, yeah. and it was Lynch and uh, who was the other gentleman? Adam Peters. It was it Peters? Okay, so yeah, Peters, the big and dogs, the big dogs were there, which means yeah. they're looking at some Penn State prospects and. Epiketti, I have here, speed, great dip, bend, solid hand placement, overall talent versus pass and run. I feel like he's solid versus both. Um, I, I have on here, can play high at times, but I didn't see it consistently enough for it to be like a, a con, like a negative, like this guy can't do it. Um, When we first started talking about him, actually, you brought him up to me. How do you feel about Epiketti? I was like, I love him, but we're not going to draft him. And he was like, why, why don't you think we're going to draft him? Like, he's going to go in like the first round. And you were like, oh, you might want to look again. He's not going high on draft boards. Yeah. And I was going, wait, what? This is a guy that I, I have a first round grade on. I feel this is one of the better talented, more talented rushers in this draft. So the fact that he, other teams don't value him there uh, makes me feel all warm and fuzzy inside. and I love it.
1: Yeah, I think the reason that he's not valued as a first round pick <clears throat> is mainly because of the things he doesn't do beyond the pass rush. Because if you're talking about pass rush, he's one of the best pass rushers in this draft. And the Forty are going to be looking for a situational pass rusher, Obviously, because they're gonna have Samson EbuCon playing opposite Nick Bosa early on. So you're looking for somebody that can take the D Ford role right now and then eventually develop into a three down defensive end for you. Right now, uh Ebuketti is not that guy. I call him AK. Right. I hope he wears forty seven in the league. AK forty seven makes a lot of sense for Be- him. Perfect. Um but I think that he can develop some of the other areas. But here's what I had on him. He, I thought he was absolutely explosive. <clears throat> that was the first thing that jumped off. Good pass rush move. So his technique and the way he uses his hands and the way he's able to dip his shoulder. He's able to get the rip. He gets the, you know, the arm high. All the things that he does are really good. He's able to bend the corner, and he's going to be able to close on the quarterback. I like those things. The things that were question marks for me. He, his get-off at times. There were times he was slow to read you know, the snap happening. So he was a little slow in that department, made up for it in speed. You're talking about his size. He's 6'2", 240 pounds. Good size, not great when you're talking about length as far as an edge rusher in the NFL. And then setting the edge against the run. That's why I say him coming in and being a situational pass rusher at first makes a lot of sense for the 49ers. However, he will not be able to play against the run on (coughs) early downs early in his career as that gets developed. Chris Kisarek, we know can develop that. Daryl Tapp, the assistant defensive line coach can definitely help develop that, but it's something that he needs to work on. And I think if he does, uh, AK-47 or Samson Ebicchetti is, I'm sorry, Arnold Ebicchetti, I almost called him Samson. Wow, Arnold Ebicchetti could be an absolute steal in this draft in the second round because I do believe that's what NFL teams are going to value him at because of some of the weaknesses against the
0: run. Uh, agreed with you there. And like I said, what's the sweet spot for Edge in this draft? Second, third, fourth? I think it's all kind of throughout that second, third round is where you're going to get impact guys potentially who could have an impact right now this year. And then there's some really good talented players four through four through six yeah. that you could get that have a lot of upside that just need some time to develop but may end up being huge contributors to their team down the road.
1: I think if you don't get a edge rusher in the in the second round or even the early third round, you're getting a pure developmental talent, someone Correct. with maybe an elite or, or a trade or two that you have to develop, though. And so that's the thing. If you want a guy that's going to make an impact, you need to go edge rusher early. If you want a guy that maybe you can wait on a little bit and develop over you know a year or two as you have the current rotation that you have, then you can look round three, round four. You can start hitting guys in that 105 compensatory pick. Um, but I think that's the sweet spot is really that second round area. There's going to be a lot of impact players that could change the dynamics of the team. The question is, can the 49ers sit at 61 and be able to get one of these impact players? I'm not sure they might have to go up and get one. And I would be all for them getting an impact edge rusher because I believe that we have a good one in Samson, but you never just rest on the fact that you have a good one when you can have even more good
0: or great ones. Uh, You want to have great ones. Yeah. You want to just want to have good ones. You want to have great ones. And you want to try and, you know, improve the room as best you can. BV said, I got a feeling that we trade Jimmy uh, to the Steelers for their number 20 pick. They are looking for a good starting quarterback. Jimmy is, is the best choice, but the problem is BV is they, Paid Mitchell Trubisky. They went the Trubisky route. Um, I doubt that they're going to be giving up a first round pick or a quarterback when you just signed Trubisky and you think, you know, you're just looking for, I honestly, it feels like they went with a big Ben type player. In Trubisky, not saying Trubisky is Big Ben or anything like Big Ben, but a guy who's mobile at the quarterback position. Ben, no longer mobile, right? But early on his career was a guy who could extend plays. He wasn't running the football like crazy, but he was breaking tackles, getting outside the pocket, making big throws. They feel Trubisky can try and emulate those types of things. Um, They were looking for a little bit more of an athletic mobile quarterback. They got him.
1: I think Trubisky is a holdover guy. They're going to potentially draft someone that could take this spot. Um, they'll they'll do something in this draft, but I think it's a holdover. I don't think the Steelers are in on Jimmy with a first-round pick for sure. If it got to where it was really cheap, they could go in on this and have a quarterback competition between Trubisky and Garoppolo. True. Um, but right now, I think it's the Carolina Panthers and the 49ers make the most sense. Just making it work is something that will have to happen once Jimmy's healthy uh, because it's come out now that the Panthers players are not very confident in Sam Darnold. So that was like the the biggest shock in the world, right?
0: Yeah, I'm totally. <laughs> huge shock, shocked. Andrew. Yeah, just just can't even wrap my head around it. Uh, let's move on to Drake Jackson from USC. Uh, okay, how do you, how do you feel about him? Because I I got some mixed feelings on Drake. I got some mixed feelings. Yeah, let me let me get to my notes here.
1: Um, I, I'm not a huge fan. I, I'm I'm not a huge fan of him. I he's six foot four, two hundred sixty pounds out of USC. Mm-hmm. I, I liked his length. I thought that he played with a lot of length. That long, was so- long
0: arms was one of my yeah. Plays. That
1: was something that he took advantage if, of.
0: If this was Jim Harbaugh, right, it just.
1: Yeah, I've I've heard a lot of the things about people saying about it, but I thought he he was playing stiff a lot of times. He looked like he didn't have a lot of fluidity and explosiveness with the way he moved around the edge. And then I thought his hand placement wasn't always well. I've seen a, a, some tackles get wrist control on him, be able to occupy his hands and then him not be able to, you know, get away from that. I think that he's a a good edge rusher. He's a base 4-3 down defensive end, but when I like again when I'm looking for a guy at that level, I want that dynamite, explosivity. I want somebody that's going to have, you know, these elite intangibles and traits. <clears throat> I don't see that from him. I think he's going to be a, a good player in the NFL, not a great player. Um, So I wouldn't draft him at 61. And I don't even think he's going to be available. I think he is going to go earlier than that. There's a lot of, a lot of teams that are high on this guy, um, but I'm not all the way there on him. I, I want, I want that speed element and he doesn't
0: give me that. First step could be better was my, was one yeah. of my cons. It's not, he it doesn't explode off the snap and off the jump. I and mean, when if you're not exploding off the snap and off the jump, um, look, you, there, you can have all the other great traits in the world, but in San Francisco, being able to get off the ball, if you're going to be an edge rushing presence and guy is key, it's paramount, it's number one. Um, I don't, I didn't feel he did anything great across the board other yeah. than his length that he plays with. Um, I feel he has power, which is nice, and the, the long arms with that help in a big way, uh, but I just don't see this being a thing the Niners are going to do, and I do see, I see a ceiling with him. I see a ceiling in him that I don't see with other guys. Um, An interesting one, and someone that Jag had brought up, was Sam Williams out of Mississippi. I know you didn't watch a lot of film on on Mr. Williams.
1: I did break down Sam Williams. Oh, you did break him down? Okay,
0: great, wonderful. Um, I have on mine here, I I love the strength, I love the power, I love the physicality. Um, Doesn't get moved often. I thought he was very good against the run, and I thought he may benefit playing more on the edge because – especially this last year at Mississippi, he was playing more of that hybrid five technique on the inside, more than he was out on the outside. The biggest concern I have with him though, is speed and dominance as a pass rusher. And with that in mind, with where he's going, it doesn't feel like this would be a San Francisco 49ers pick.
1: Maybe not, you know, Sam Williams, 6'3, 256 pounds. Um, I have him as, I think he had a good motor. I think he was yes. really getting after it a lot. Yes. He was quick. He wasn't fast. He was quick. Uh, he played with really good pad levels. What I wrote, Um, But I had some questions in other areas. One of those was his technique. It didn't seem like he was always, you know, getting the things done that he needed to get. Uh, Once again, was allowing people to get into his chest plate, wasn't keeping the offensive lineman disengaged. That was a problem. He had stiff hips. So it's another guy that I worry can bend the corner consistently playing in the 49ers wide nine. If we weren't playing a wide nine and he was lining up in a different technique, you know, potentially like you said a five technique in the three four maybe even a seven technique it could be a little bit different on how he's, he's you know handled and plays in the league and then he had character issues this was something that it, it is you got a question when you're talking about 49ers ever since the you know the rubin thing happened uh the 49ers have been worried about character issues so that could be something and the reason why the 49ers aren't interested in sam williams so i'm not sure he really fits the 49ers a wide nine scheme um to the level of some but there are there is potential there because a good motor, quickness, and playing with low pad level seems like a Chris Cacera guy on the normal.
0: Uh, yeah, it really yeah. does feel like a Chris Cacera guy on the normal. Uh, the, just the question is, 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 it does it make sense at that spot? That I don't know. Um, I don't know if it makes sense at that spot. And another guy that's kind of in a similar area, and that you know, we've recently started watching a little bit more film on, is Kingley, oh boy, and Nagbury from South Carolina. Um, it's an interesting guy. There is promise. There is potential here. There's a lot of positive things, but they are kind of ranked in, in similar spots. They are very close to each other on a lot of draft boards, uh, and Ogbury and, uh, and Sam Williams, they are very close on draft boards, but there are some big question marks with Mr. Kingsley in the run game and his ability not to get thrown backwards, you know, five, 10 yards at a time. It feels like sometimes on film, um, he doesn't have as much of an impact in the run game, but there is some flashes of, of some things in the past game. And and some very unique moves. Also, great balance. He takes on a lot of double teams uh, and and found a lot of success at South Carolina.
1: Yeah, Kingsley six foot four, two hundred and fifty nine pounds. So he's got good height, good length, um, pretty good size. And I wrote down good athlete. I think that was one thing that I saw that he was a good athlete. Uh, and so other than that, though, I really think that he's a more of developmental edge rusher in this league. I think he does have a lot of potential. But I wrote down that he gives up ground, and you can see that on his film. If you watch any of the film, especially the Texas A&M film, Alex, which we watched actually together, you could see him giving up ground consistently. The bend, once again, that there's not the elite bend to be able to bend the corner, get around the, the offensive tackle, and get to the quarterback. Um, that was something that he needs to work on. Maybe he could get more flexible in his hips, something of that nature. But also, he grabs when he's tackling, and that's one thing that frustrates me. I don't like grabbers. I don't like twisters and throwers. Um, I want somebody that's going to get in there, get their shoulder pad into the guy's gut, you know, wrap, wrap, grab cloth, and make a tackle. Uh, so that was something else that I wasn't a huge fan of. But I do think he's in, he could be a developmental impact player in this league, but he's got a lot of work to do. So if you want to draft this guy, especially at like 93, if you're drafting this guy to develop him beside behind Ebicom, and I would say even behind Jordan Willis, because I do believe Jordan Willis and Charles Amenhue would start over him. Uh, he would have to develop. So he would have a a struggle probably to make this roster on the edge rush scene because I think there is a lot of development that needs to go in there.
0: Uh, Yeah, it does feel that that is the case there. And I just saw P. Mercer said Sam Williams is a dog, nonstop motor. It's very true. true. Lou earlier said, guys, is it your belief that at 61, the team will go edge before cornerback or offensive line? Feels like it. It depends on which offensive lineman is there. If there's somebody that takes a drop,
1: they could potentially go there but it's going to be a weird spot because a lot of the big time names on offensive line are going to go before that. And then there's going to be ones that go after that. You can potentially get at 93. So it's rating that value. You don't want to reach for a player at 61 that you could get for at 93 or 105, especially when they're interior offensive linemen. So if it's a big time tackle that falls potentially there with cornerback, I don't know if they're going to get a cornerback that could start over the cornerbacks they have now. They just invested money, you know, into Ward, Tavares Ward, so you got that. Mosley, yeah, he's going into the last year of his contract, but you have Omri Thomas sitting behind there. You invested a third-round pick there. 61 might not make sense for a nickel corner. I don't know who's going to be there. I don't know who's going to be that guy that's going to to be an impact player for you. So you're looking for an impact player. I think it's more likely for the four-years-to-go edge rusher or wide receiver at 61— because it's an e- impact player. They're going to want to get an impact player. So that's kind of how my thought process is about what the 49ers are doing. I don't know, how Alex, how you feel about it, if you feel the same way I do, about what their thought process is going to be for 61.
0: I think their thought process is, is you're going to go the best available talent at a handful of positions. It's either O-line, uh, safety, um, edge, or wideout. That's what it feels like it's going to be. It doesn't feel like it's going to be corner. I don't know why it wouldn't be corner, because you have a gaping hole at the nickel slot, but I just don't know if that nickel guy is going to be that's there on sixty-one. That's that's more valuable than a potential O lineman who who could fall with the plethora of edge rushing talent that there is. Someone not being there and the plethora of receiver talent, right? All of these guys aren't going to go unless we have a draft in which everyone hits on like the best, like the the the, the, the where the talent is, where the high end talent is. If it starts off edge line receiver the high end corner if all those guys are going in sequential order off the board and no one's drafting a need early then the Niners are going to have a plethora of options and, and guys available at any of those positions and it becomes a crapshoot in terms yeah. of what it's going to be now if someone starts going and reaching after positions of need right a team drafts a quarterback there in the top 15 which is most likely going to happen because there's some teams in the top 15 that need quarterback play right if there's another quarterback who goes off the board in the top 25 or something or a couple of them then you're looking at a situation where there's going to be a guy available that you didn't originally think was going to be there and if you're the Niners it's the the only question is 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 it is it a thing that you need right Is, is it a position where you need that like you need to get that that helps your team drastically because if it's not if it's you know, let's say it's a linebacker or something that's sitting there. You have two linebackers that are best available there at 61. I don't know if the Niners are sitting there going, yeah, we're taking that best available guy. They're either going to draft what's best, you know, what's best available for them. Or if they think there's a handful of guys that they like that spot, they could, they could trade back. I just don't see that happening. I I really don't. It seems, it feels like there's one of four or five positions the Niners are going to go after and they're going to have a handful of options there at 61, question is, is which do they value the most?
1: Yeah. I think that's the thing. I don't know if there's going to be a nickel corner there. If there is, maybe they go that route. I just, I don't think they're going to go outside um, corner. Maybe they do. Maybe they feel somebody's better than Omri Thomas. And if that is the case, they could definitely go that route.
0: I saw Jag with the $5 super chat Jag. Thank you, my guy. We really appreciate yeah, thanks, that. Uh, in later rounds, maybe fourth or fifth, Michael Clemens from Texas A&M, Alex Wright from UAB, James Houston from Jackson State said my Jai Sanders or Nick Bonino, two of the guys that we're going to talk about next. So You just sit tight right there, Jack. And I saw 420 Savage a little bit ago say, does John Lynch even look at offensive line and free agency Um, this year? No, because you didn't have a lot of free agency money available with the cap where it is. And Jimmy Garoppolo's $25 million just sitting there on the books. Niners are doing the best they possibly could with the, the cap room that they did. They addressed certain things. They had 11 offensive linemen under contract and they're banking on these guys developing and possibly getting some more depth or guys to push the roster uh in the draft.
1: Yeah, potentially they hit on the the offensive lineman that they needed to hit on last year. Aaron Banks has developed into a starting, you know, caliber offensive lineman in this league, boom, you got that done. If it was you know if uh, Jalen Moore has developed into a starting offensive lineman in this league, boom, you got that done. So the investment could have happened last year in offensive line. We just haven't been able to see that come to fruition yet because they were playing behind other players this year while they were learning to develop, if Chris Forster developed them and they can play uh, you're sitting in the catbird seat, and you're pretty pretty healthy and, and ready to go at the offensive line position.
0: Very true. It's, it's very true indeed. Let's get to my Jai Sanders out of Cincinnati since Jag had brought him up. Let's talk about it. Okay. Um, Guy's long, plays with good leverage. I think he has a pretty good first step. However, um, overall speed doesn't look explosive. Like He's got a good first step. He, I feel like he gets off very nicely at times, but he doesn't look explosive coming off the edge. I thought he struggled versus double teams. I didn't think he was that great against the run. Um, I I think this is a a great thing for the 49ers if you're looking at late third, maybe fourth round with this guy and with where you could take him. The problem is he's very, he's a lot higher on boards and he's going sometimes late second, early third, I don't know if you should take that risk there. I think this is more of a developmental prospect than a guy who's ready to step in and have an impact day one.
1: Yeah, Majai Sanders, 6'4", 240 pounds. And there was questions about him at the combine because he came in and weighed in under 230 pounds. Correct. People were worried about that. Apparently that was from an illness. Yep. Um. So he lost weight. Now he's back up over 240 pounds on his pro day. That is good news. Um. I, I think he has good quickness. Um. I, I liked him a lot. And then I thought that he played a little bit tall um, at times, a little high. uh, And I I had questions about his technique. I thought he was more raw and needs to develop. uh, But I thought that he was somebody that, you're right, would make sense for the 49ers in round three. Pick 93, pick 105, that compensatory pick, being able to bring him in and develop him because there is something there. Is he as electric as David Ajabu or Arnold Ebiketti? No, he's not. Uh, He Mm -hmm. doesn't have that kind of skills is he able to set the edge like boy moffy no he's not um but he's one of those guys that does a little bit of good things my question is does he actually fit the 49ers wide nine as good as he would fit possibly playing in a 3-4 defense You play the outside linebacker in a 3-4 i think that might actually fit his skill set a little bit better so some of these 3-4 teams might value him a little bit more than the 49ers do but the 49ers have proven with d ford and with the Samson Ebicom that they're willing to go get three, four outside linebackers, put their hand in the ground, and teach them how to get after it. So he could be on their on their wish list around, you know, round three. Um, I would think 105, the pick, if he was able to fall there, would be the spot. I just don't know if he's going to make it, because I think one of these three, four defenses will value him and go ahead and make him a selection.
0: Uh, hey, yo. Very, very well could be the case. And And Jess, with the 499 super chat, we appreciate that. Thank you so much. Is there anyone in the fifth round you think the Niners should take since that has been their sweet spot in previous drafts? Is there a name in the fifth <laughs> round, Ant, that you're looking at? I, Yeah. Is, is there a certain gentleman from Ohio State? We can just transition oh, smoothly. Oh, look oh, at that, oh, yeah, that clean super chat there, Ant. Whoa. He's going to be... now. Here I, you, go. You, 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 you think and I, he's
1: going to be there in the fifth round?
0: I don't think he should be there in the fifth round, yeah. but I've seen him consistently mocked in those areas. I've seen him consistently falling in those spots. So... I think this is a guy that, that may be there in the fifth, but you may have to take in the fourth and I'd be a okay with that. Um, do you think he goes any earlier than the fourth round?
1: I mean, I, it, I would vow, I value him that
0: much. Cause he's a star player for me. I had, um, I had a third round grade on him, yeah, but I've seen him consistently in mocked the fifth round. in the fifth.
1: So we'll talk about him. It's Tyreek Smith, six foot three, 255 pounds out of Ohio state. Accurate. A five star recruit going to gotcha. Ohio state. Um, he, his production's not there so if you're looking at production numbers and what he did at Ohio State there is absolutely nothing that's going to show it now little insider information from what I've heard from my Ohio State guys that watch him all the time is that he was he suffered COVID early in 2021 and it kind of hampered his success early on but here's my good traits about him good athlete good bend good hands good awareness good strength Okay, and then when you saw him go against Penning hey, at the Senior Bowl, he was able to back Penning straight up into the quarterback on some of his reps. That is great strength, and that's against the maybe possibly the number one tackle. Uh, so, yeah, this is somebody that I'm excited about, but he has been falling on a lot of boards. I don't think he makes it to the fifth round, but if he's there in the fifth round, absolutely 1,000% I'm making that pick. I don't even think twice. I don't let anyone call about it. I'm making the selection because I think he's somebody that would fit and what the 49ers want to do on the edge, and he would be a nice selection next to Nick Bosa uh, I for years to come.
0: I agree with you there. And My goodness gracious, Turbo, welcome to the TCC, yeah, my welcome, guy. Welcome, Turbo. Luke Luna with the $1.49 Super Chat and a sparkling diamond for Mr. Tyreek Smith. I like that. I love it. It is a sparkling diamond, <sighs> Luke. You're not wrong there, my guy. Uh, look, I have here power, reliable, always in position, solid technique, solid against the run. Um, I didn't think, I, I guess one of the, I guess negative critiques and was that I, I didn't, I didn't see him in the last year of film and him dealing with COVID early on may explain why he didn't yeah. wow anywhere because I put doesn't seem to wow anywhere specifically on tape, like overall throughout the game. Yeah. But there's something there's flashes. There's moments where it's like, there's something special. I don't worry about this guy not being able to win. I feel like he can win. I just expected there to be more dominance than I was seeing. And part of that might've been just him ha- being hampered early in that season. Coming off of that, and Megan with the four ninety nine super chat, let's go TCC. Spread the love for the cutback. We appreciate that. All of oh, you spreading the love right now. Yeah. My goodness gracious. Thank um, you so much. But but Tyreek Smith is one of those guys who I, I think has sh- he shows consistently he can win, he can win in a variety of ways. He's not limited to how he can win and, and beat guys one on one in certain situations. He's shown he can handle double teams. I, I've seen enough from him handling guys chipping him off the edge as well to know. This is not a guy who, who isn't going to go out there and produce for you. He's going to perform. He's going to do the things you want. Um, in all honesty, I heard, I heard somebody on Twitter talking about how he reminds him of Kerry Hyder. You look at Kerry Hyder and you don't see anything like special, but for some reason in San Francisco, it works. Well, I see special out of Tyreek Smith at times. I don't see Kerry Hyder like no, no lack of speed or things right. like that. I see special. I just haven't seen it consistently. But if that means if there's something special there, right? Who better than Chris Kisarek to get it out of a guy like this? I think Chris Kisarek could easily get it out of this. And and it's a guy who is from Ohio State, you know, from the same school that Nick Bosa played at. They have a good repertoire with Ohio State guys in in San Francisco and, and just specifically off the edge. Give me Chris Kisarek working with this guy for the next year or two. And good golly almighty, the Niners might have a steal if he fell into the fifth.
1: Yeah, and I had no preconceived notions on who this guy was. I didn't really know him just started watching the film and thought that he just, there was something about him that flashed consistently on plays, even plays where he didn't get to the quarterback or he didn't stop the run. I just felt like you could see the potential there. Um, There are questions about his motor. So he would have to make sure that he could prove to the 49ers that he could play, play in and play out. Uh, but I think it, he could illustrate that. And I, I believe you put him in a, in a Chris Kassarek type motivated defensive line, and he's either going to stay motivated or he's going to be gone. And in the fourth or fifth round, um, there's a lot of value in that because he has a, he has that potential to be way better than fourth or fifth round. He just hasn't proven it yet in college.
0: Uh, True. He has not proven it quite yet in college. Ant, and we're going to see, we're going to see what happens there. Let's jump backwards now. And let's go back towards, uh, towards the, the you know, that second, third round area of this draft. And let's talk about Nick Benito, Ooh, edge guy out yeah. of Oklahoma. Um, First off, great bend. I thought, I thought he had very, he was very explosive. I thought, I think he has like, personally think he's got top end speed for that position at the, at the defensive edge spot. I liked his hand placement. I think he needs to work on a rip move. I don't think he has a good rip and move for a guy who's going to be playing DN in San Francisco and being able to rip and, and bend off the edge is kind of important. Uh, so I think he needs to work on that at times. He's overly aggressive, can push a little bit too far upfield, but I think that's partially the speed, just how explosive he is and, and how he's able to get out. I have some concerns about the strength, but right now the big thing is, is he is strictly just a pass rushing guy. He's a guy who can put in there to pass rush, I don't trust him against the run right now. It's not as bad as, uh, oh gosh, who was the, the gentleman? It's not as bad as, oh man, Kingsley? Why, it's not as bad as Kingsley. Yeah, But it's close. It's getting close to that And But I do like this kid a lot out of Oklahoma. Um, but I also think there's going to be teams that like him a lot. And he probably is going to end up going earlier than I, I would anticipate wanting to draft him plays in the Big 12,
1: which which means he's definitely pass-rushed more than anyone else. The uh, uh, <laughs> Big 12 is not exactly known for the run game. What? Um, but you get to see a lot of great reps of him. And what we saw was explosiveness, good hands, and good athleticism. We talked about this with Abiketti earlier. A, a situational pass-rush you can bring that can make a dynamic impact on your team early in his career as a situational pass-rusher, and then you can develop him as a potential, you know, run stopper on the edge, somebody that can set the edge and prevent things from happening. So he wouldn't be a three down defensive end coming into the league initially. However, in the 49ers system, it always makes sense because you can get, you know, put into this great rotation. They use your skill sets, how they need to. And what do they need? They need another really flashy edge rusher, a guy with elite speed. So Benito would make sense. He'll probably be there at 61 potentially, um, So you could go ahead and make this move. if like Ebiketti and some of these guys are gone to me. It, it makes a lot of sense for the 49ers. So I don't think that they would choose him over a dynamite, you know, uh, tackle in the draft or a dynamite wide receiver. Um, but it's close. And I, I think he could have a huge impact on whatever team he lands on, especially if he's not asked to play all three downs. Um, I'm not as high on him as some of the guys I was last year, but I'm definitely high on this guy. I
0: agreed with you. I am high on this guy as well. It's just not, as a three down traditional pass rushing threat yeah. right now. He's just, he's not there. He's a pass rushing threat, but this is not a guy you want to have to go out there and be out there for three downs and rely on him to be able to set the edge and stop the run. It's just not, it's not, to, it's not there. It's really not there. Uh, I see the cutback crew is giving Bobo some, some insights into the draft. Cause he says he doesn't really know anything about the draft and a uh, couple cutback crew, a couple of them. Uh, there's there's seven rounds. The worst team gets the first pick. Yeah, so, TCC. All over it, all over yeah, it right and, now,
1: and that's okay. I mean, if you don't know about the draft, it's it's a good time to get into it because the next you know four weeks or so, it's going to be all it's going to be draft coverage all over the place. Accurate. Um, so if you've never been into the draft, it's exciting because all these players are going to end up in a situation. For some of these guys, it's going to be an absolute dream, and all the while we get as fans get to live out you know our team's development. Um, as these players get to live out their dreams, it's kind of a cool thing to watch, and it's a go- a cool thing to talk about. Because uh, you get to feel like your team's getting better and these players get to, um, you know, change their families' lives potentially forever.
0: Forever. Yeah. Literally forever, Ant. um I mentioned, I, we saw earlier too, Jag, one of his super chats, he had mentioned Isaiah Thomas out of Oklahoma, the guy opposite of Benito. Um, number one, think he has a really high motor. Uh, uh, he's very active. He's very relentless. Doesn't get too far downfield. Um, it felt like he was out of fit in the scheme at Oklahoma. Okay. Um, I think he's better served kind of off the edge, whereas at times with him they were moving him onto the interior and playing him kind of in a traditional hybrid role. But he's not—he's not, he's not super—he's not super big. He's not a, a big guy that I think would excel playing on the interior. Six four, which is a nice size. But he's two hundred and sixty-five pounds. Throwing him on the inside there at times can be can be an issue. And he was on the inside on base rundowns at times, and it was odd. It was very odd, but despite that played pretty well, Um, I I think, I think he'd be better served on the edge, but they, he may be viewed in more of like a Arden key type role in San Francisco. The only problem, the issue is, is that with where he's projected to be going and the Niners having just signed Kerry Hyder, I I don't know if this is something they're actually considering anymore.
1: Yeah. It all depends on where he goes in the draft. You know I mean? If he falls to a a nice location where the 49ers feel his value is worth the pick, uh, they could go that route. Um, You're right, he does have some position versatility, but you ask, is, is he the Solomon Thomas type thing, where he's a tweener? Can he play one way or the other? Because I think that with some of these guys, they are the same size, but they play with more physicality and power, Um, that you can see them moving to the inside, or being able to play those downs. But it is similar size to what Arden Key had. I mean, it's almost basically the same guy. Um, So if you're looking at it that route, the difference was Arden Key had some of these elite pass rush skills that he could play on the edge and do, and then he just put those on a guard. So um, he could be an in, in interest for the 49ers. We'll see what round that would be. I think he's definitely overshadowed by his teammate. Uh, Benito's a way better player. Agreed. Um, But I think he could have some value in later rounds as the 49ers you know, look to maybe grab an edge rusher. But I think they'd rather grab a more impactful guy uh, to play on the outside than more of a, a guy that might not make the roster because of how deep their team is. I know they got one-year contracts. Edge rushers galore on one-year contracts. Um, so you might need to go depth there but we'll see how that plays out.
0: We are. We're going to see yeah. how that plays out. And let's, let's talk about now, Jesse Lucada, since we had mentioned him earlier, Ant and Penn state guy in San Francisco and the two, the two big dogs, the big dogs were there. Um, Luke, Lucada at a Penn state. Uh, I thought he was violent with his hands on film, very violent and aggressive with his yeah. hands, which, which I like. I thought he moved well laterally. I thought he held up the, held up pretty well against the run. Um, uh, I said, on, on my analysis, that we're watching about three or four games of him, it doesn't feel at times that he's natural at the DN spot. Like he's not a, a natural there, but he definitely has raw tools and could be a problem down the road as a developmental piece. The question is, is where are you drafting a developmental piece? Where are you able to get him? Um, you know, I, I've seen him mocked anywhere from between the fourth and the sixth round sometimes at times. Yeah. What do you think about Jesse Locato? Where are you thinking he would go if San Francisco were to look at a guy like this? Or are you even considering this?
1: Yeah, I think so. You know, in the 130s, uh, the 49 have a nice fourth-round pick there. That could be something they potentially go with. Uh, I watched the Senior Bowl clips against uh, Daniel Folele, mm-hmm. the biggest offensive lineman in the entire draft, and yet this guy was able to get under him and drive him back into the quarterback once. Um, That's a solid rep from a guy who's, you know, not the biggest, but he's got a lot of quickness and a lot of ability. Um, I think that he's a, a player that would make sense as a developmental piece like we talked about but I do believe he maybe fits better in a three, four outside linebacker role sure. in the NFL. Um, so potentially one of those teams running a three, four could grab this guy. So he might go, he might actually get valued higher than maybe a four, um, three team would value him because of his, you know, his size and speed and everything. But he's a good player. I saw good reps at the senior bowl and I would be excited about the 49ers drafting him. Cause I do think Chris Kocerek and Gerald tap could develop him.
0: Uh, they, they can, I have complete faith in either of those guys that could do a lot of a lot of different things with a lot of different individuals, Ant, and that is definitely some things there. Cut back crew right now. Give give us some uh give us some gentlemen. Give us some gentlemen that you want us to talk about as well. And Ant, is there anyone else on your list? Or going down your list now? Is there a name specifically that you would like hey, to, yo. to go through now? Because we just got a super chat from Jag, five dollars. Thoughts on Jermaine Johnson from Florida State, Alex Wright, six seven, two sixty-five, or Michael Clemens from Texas AM, Adam Anderson six five as well. Okay. Uh so Jermaine Johnson, first and foremost. We didn't talk about him mostly because he's probably going in the top 20 and the Niners have no chance right.
1: to get him. Right, and, and I've watched a, a ton of Jermaine Johnson last year. It's true, as a Florida, uh, State, as Florida guy. State guy. Uh, I'll just give you a quick rundown of him, even though the 49ers probably won't be able to get him. Power off the charts, good technique, can bend the corner, stout run defender. Um, the one thing I had a, a negative about him, he can get squared up. I thought I thought it was something that could ha- happen to him. Yeah. But he was a star player for me. Um, David Ajabo, of course, a star player. Cameron Thomas, a star player. Now, um, who was the who was someone else he brought up? Michael Clemens. Yeah, Michael Clemens um, from Texas A&M. Yeah, Michael Clemens. I have that he's big and strong. I like that he was nasty. I mean, the dude was just one of those aggressive players. He had decent bend and he was good against the run. Uh, a nice base four-three defensive end, somebody that you plug and play. Um, so for depth reasons, rotation reasons, he's a guy that would definitely make sense there. Um, so I, I thought that he was he was one, and then Alex Wright. We kind of just started watching film of recently. Correct. Um, you're right. Big tall needs a lot of development. I mean, he's one of those guys. That's this guy's completely raw. This is something we saw last year from UAB, where you got Jordan Smith, who was yes. an absolute athlete, but needed a lot of development, and he went around the fourth round. I think Alex, right? You're right. Fourth, fourth fifth, fifth round, somebody that you could develop, and, and that,
0: that's possible for San Francisco. Yeah,
1: it is possible. I like that. Um, the no, one, I, another one that he had talked about earlier that we didn't talk about was Pascal. Josh
0: uh, Pascal, uh, Josh Pasqual from uh uh the Kentucky.
1: Yeah, the yes. reason I wanted to bring him up is I know everyone sees him as edge rusher, and I see him as an interior defensive lineman. Thank you. I, I think that he could slide inside. Put in, on, in
0: fact, on my breakdown, yeah. he's on my interior D line list. I didn't put him on my D ends.
1: I think he could slide inside for one of these penetration style defenses, um, and have a Maurice Hurst caliber, you know, uh, player in, in in him. So. He's somebody I'm watching, and we'll probably talk about interior defensive line, because I think he could actually be a very nice value for a team. Or maybe you don't value him as much as a, a 4-3 outside defensive end. You might value him as an interior defensive lineman. I know I would if I was the 49ers. I see a lot of potential in him. There's good pass rush techniques. He's able to you know, to, to kind of anchor and plug holes up. Um, so I think he could be somebody that the Forty ers could be interested in, but as a defensive, interior defensive lineman. Uh, agreed.
0: So, yeah. Josh Pascal is, is going to be an interesting one. Alley uh, also said D'Angelo Malone. D'Angelo Malone is an interesting one because Ooh, Western Kentucky. T- people have him flying. Uh, some people had him flying up boards at the very start of this. Um, I think he's extremely raw. He's very long. I think he's speedy. I think he's got a high motor. Um, there are times against the run where I, I question some of the What's the nice way to put this hand? I question his desire to be involved in run plays at times, especially plays going away from him. I felt he over pursues at times. Um, It feels like at the moment with him, he's flying by the seat of his pants and he's flying by on specifically just pure talent and athleticism. It doesn't feel like he's fundamentally developed at all. So, tons of talent, tons of possibility can be molded into anything you like, anything you want. I love that. Uh, But I I love that late. I don't like that in round four. I love elite traits. You know that. True.
1: I'm willing to take chances. Jordan Smith last year, I saw elite. Traits. You wanted, yeah. You you I, were. I'm, I'm like, yeah, I like this guy. Do, give you know, it to me. Um, my guy from Washington last year, the one that went to Tampa Bay, the Joe uh, Tryon. Joe Tryon loved it. Elite traits, guys.
0: That are. which, by the way, end of the first round is where that pick happened. Yeah. You and I we saw him starting to get mocked close to the second. People were like, who's Joe Tryon? It's like, y- y- y'all gonna learn. Y'all gonna find out very soon.
1: Yeah, Jotron, very good. So I, I think that you, when you look at these guys with elite traits, those are guys you want to you want to draft, even if you have to draft them early, because the potential is off the charts. And you, you worry about getting guys that are completely well-rounded. We've seen edge rushers before that are going in the first round. Everyone talks about how good their technique is, you know how good they are with their hands. And it's like, yeah, that's great. What elite traits do they have? Because when they get in there against other players like Trent Williams that are absolutely great at everything they do, Your technique is going to be overshadowed. Nick Bosa has to continue to develop his game to get, you know, get by Trent Williams. So you need elite things, elite speed, elite power, elite um, quickness, elusiveness, hand placement. Something has to be elite for these edge rushers to be able to get it done consistently in the NFL. If you don't, you become a rotational piece. Somebody that's, you know, a, a, a guy that comes in the second part of the game. So. I love Elite trade, so you're, yeah, he definitely has Elite traits. So I'd love for the 49ers to take him at some point in the draft. That'd be great. Uh, it would
0: be nice, and It yeah. would be uh, solid for them to do such a thing and for that to, to be the case there. Uh, I'm trying. I don't trust the O-line. Alex, you're welcome. I missed it. I missed whatever whatever I was supposed to see, I missed. I apologize. I am so sorry. I'm trying to go back through right now and hit a couple of these other names. Yeah, Ants, go for it. As well, uh, the guys talked about uh mur Amari Barno. Have you broken down much of Amari Barno?
1: I did break down Amari Barno. Right, so. you, go,
0: you, you go ahead and hit yours first. Uh, hit your first on this with Amari Barno out of Virginia Tech, if I'm not mistaken.
1: Yeah, Virginia Tech, six foot four, there 237 pounds. Um, so we talked about my Jai Sanders maybe being a little slight. That's the questions with Barno, but one thing about Barno, he hasn't put on any muscle yet, really. Um, True. But you remember how we talked about Jordan Smith? Yeah. This is the comp right here. There you go. Explosive athlete, I wrote down. Might fit better as a 3-4 outside linebacker. Um, Keyword there is might. Might. Strength, and he has problems setting the edge. So his strength and setting the edge are the issues. But Alex, this guy on film is so fun to watch. And you see him falling on draft boards. He goes out there and he runs. Was it a 4-3 that he ran? Something ridiculous. Tremendous athlete. I'm the kind of coach that I'm like, you know what? He may not fit my scheme right now, but I'm going to create something for him because he's that impactful as an athlete. I'm going out there and grabbing this guy at some point. He can either play outside linebacker for me, or I can do some hybrid type stuff where I'm bringing this guy up off the edge and letting him rush when he's in there on certain situations. Also, him covering a tight end could potentially be something the 49ers could develop him into because of his athleticism. I would love him late. I mean, late in this draft, if he falls... I would love this because he's a developmental guy that can mold special teams delight as well. Uh, he's gonna
0: have a, he'd have a huge impact yeah. on special teams immediately. Um, when I watched his tape, I just thought flexibility and bend. There you this go. This guy can fle- he, he's flexible. He can bend around the edge. Um, there are definitely there's definitely high upside with this it's just high upside in the future right it's it's not necessarily something that's going to have immediate impact for san francisco right special away teams other than special teams mm-hmm. i meant with the defense specifically right. with the edge rushing oh, position right. but on special teams you are not wrong and he 100 can so amari barno is definitely a name to keep an eye on but it's also one of those things too where you know you may be able to get this with better value if he continues to slide and fall and it's interesting right last year jordan smith similar similar type player ant mm-hmm. at a UAB ended up going earlier than some people thought he may go or maybe fourth should round, go. Fourth round, I believe. Fourth round. It was yeah. mid-fourth, too. It wasn't like late fourth no, 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 getting yeah. into the fifth. It was middle, early fourth round. Um, this year, not the case. A guy like this with similar skill sets later, later down boards, which is actually a positive thing for San Francisco because that means you can, if you think that his upside is as high as someone you could get late third with a compensatory pick, you could just wait. You could just wait and take this guy fourth, fifth, late fourth, fifth, maybe fifth round, maybe even potentially late fifth if he slid that far um, and, and grab a guy that you feel has higher upside than someone in the third, late third round.
1: Yeah, I think what's crazy is I have seen him mocked all the way to the sixth and seventh round.
0: That is nuts, Um
1: Because of the strength and not being able to set the edge and not be able to play, you know, three downs of football. Uh, the 49ers can develop you. They have time because they have such hey, a yo. great defensive line. No, this isn't the guy that you're going to be drafting at 61 or at 93. Um, so, yeah, I'm excited. John Chapman.
0: What is up, my guy? What's up, John? $20 Super Chat. You guys have been crushing it. Love your content. John, we love you, man. Yeah, we do. We do. Thank you so much for the, for the Super Chat. Are you kidding me? John, we're going to we're gonna have to do something with John. Yeah, we are. We're going to have to do something. We'll be, we'll be reaching out, John. We'll have to do something. Well, we, we reached out. Yeah. Uh, we did reach out. But, yeah. man, there's something coming
1: yeah and maybe it's next uh, week also john awesome man thank you yeah we Appreciate love john that. we love john's uh, content as well Absolutely, um, so big time thanks john absolutely yeah. same z's yeah
0: absolutely same z's john absolutely same season my guy uh look there was a there was another gentleman oh my goodness gracious and i just had it up i just had it up uh kyron johnson out of, out of kansas okay it's an interesting prospect because i've seen him all over the place on boards very very interesting situation here w- with that gentleman out of kansas I don't know if it's something where where San Francisco could do something with him or not um there's definitely some things that pop. it's another one that's a late guy as well um just a just a matter of where where the where he would go where he would be um i I don't know if you want to take a guy like this in the sixth or the fifth round because I, I think there's a little bit more development that needs that meets the eye with this gentleman um and the real question would just be is could it be an undrafted free agent aspect for san francisco i don't know if he would fall that far
1: yeah you just don't know i mean uh, another guy that had a pretty good senior bowl you know reps at times um good player but uh, you just don't know where the four foreigners are going to go at that point when you start yeah. getting deeper into the draft for edge rushers you run the risk of having a guy that won't make your roster because their team is just so good um so making sure you can get somebody that has the elite trait that can be able to make this roster is what they'd have to do so edge rusher early for me makes sense and you're not like you're getting a bunch of edge rushers but like one really good one uh potentially that's where you go with it i don't think you're going real late i just don't think those guys make this rotation and make this team this 40 defensive line is absolutely stacked um so you you run the risk somebody undrafted like that you bring them into camp see what they can do potentially stash them on your practice squad um that that would make sense so if if that's what happens then then yeah i I could see that
0: Uh, agreed with you there have you watched any of carson wells out of colorado i have not okay so uh, I, i it's a very interesting one i think he's really good against the run he's disciplined has good technique and balance um he doesn't wow in one area but it's top to bottom discipline and he's always in the right spot yeah seems to always be in the right spot it's just speed and strength he's a little bit on the smaller side he's not really violent either so no speed right strength concern it's because of the size um he doesn't have as much bend as he would like, but this is why this guy would be a 6th, 7th undrafted guy. I think it's a name to watch it and look at because he has the motor and some technique stuff that is already in place that if you just get him in the right situation and position and find a way to utilize him, might be more of a hybrid guy. Hybrid stuff tends to work in San Francisco. It does. And it could be a practice squad fit for the 49ers. So just keep in mind, keep it in mind, Cutback Crew. Keep it in mind.
1: Yeah, and I, I seen, uh, I think it was Jay Ellie that brought up Jeffrey Gunter. Um, from, oh, Coast, from yes. coastal carolina six foot four 260 pounds I, I'm, I'm i'm sorry uh mr Jle. he wasn't one of my favorite guys in the draft i thought that he was a what did you put on your notes eh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah um he wasn't one of those guys that elite oh, jumped off guy. the boards you know or jumped off the, the film for me um i liked some of the things he did i thought he was a a solid player i just think for where he's going to get drafted and who he is um I didn't see it making, making a lot of sense for the 49ers. And, of course, I'm not the general manager. I'm not the front office, so I'm not the one making the decision on this. But um, he wasn't somebody that I would target. There was a lot of other players I felt that had elite traits and upside that I'd rather go with.
0: Uh, you're, you're not you're yeah. not wrong. You're not wrong there. Uh, so, uh, Jayla just brought up uh, Kate Hall and Alex Wright at a UAB. And Alex Wright is, an, is a very interesting one, with, especially with the size. It's 6'7". It's, yeah. it's gigantic.
1: And, and the rumors that... Um, the Niners are interested in him. True. I mean, of course, you don't know for sure. There's nobody knows what the 49ers are actually thinking or doing. It's very true. Um, but they're he he basically has come out and said the Forders have reached out to him. So
0: uh, agreed with that. There. Uh, so look there too. I, I saw from Hugo G. Any news when D Ford is officially gone? Jeez. Uh, there's been no really new updates. There was the comments from. From uh, Mr. John Lynch about how they're not expecting him to be ready and it's not looking good if, in terms of D. Ford and where he's supposed to be. Yeah, uh, that's all we have at the moment. That's it. That's that's all we know. Other than the Niners had restructured his contract, he was talking about you know being ready to go and trying to be ready to go. The Niners don't feel the same way. They haven't seen enough to make them think it's it's going to be possible. We'll see what happens. Yeah,
1: watch uh, June one. I mean, post June one, uh, that's when he can be cut. The Fourers can free up. Letting it's a little over $1 million this year, a little over $2 million next year. So you get close to a you know $4 million savings uh, moving forward. Uh, but you're still going to incur that dead cap space, that uh, dead cap pay. It's going to be a little over $5 million for 2022 and 2023 if you cut him. So you might see them make that move to be able to free up some cap, uh, but that would be unfortunate. Um, but you just don't know what you're going to get D D4. And this back and neck injury has not gotten better. John Lynch doesn't seem very optimistic like they did last year. That does not make me feel optimistic, Alex, but we could see, you know, D4 potentially get cut post June 1.
0: Uh, you could. And uh, Mr. Corey, what the, we're going to get David Ajabu and Cameron Thomas with those two seconds from the Garoppolo trade. The, Ooh. The, <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Corey. Mr. Corey, uh, both a guy who tends to, to have some fun on this channel, but maybe is turning the corner and is starting to become a little bit more optimistic about what the Niners could get.
1: I think I, I, think I sense sarcasm a I little bit. I sense
0: sarcasm as well. I do sense a lot of sarcasm. There's a lot of sarcasm. Coming from Mr. Corey all the time, and Jaylee, the Niners don't leak. You are not wrong, my guy. They just don't do it, and they they don't do it. Um, Cutback crew of the guys. Have everyone we just named of all the gentlemen that we just talked about. Which one's your favorite? Which one would you want to see the San Francisco 49ers go get, and where? Um, Do you want the Niners to go edge rushing 61? Do you want them to go another direction? We want to hear from you, so make sure you're commenting that below, and you know what, Maybe I'll put up a poll for the Cutback Crew as well. Mr. Corey, I love this channel. We love you, man. We love you. We love the sarcasm and the the hysterics it keeps uh, keeps things lighter yeah you it. gotta keep it you gotta keep it real and
1: keep it live
0: and that's what mr Corey does uh that's that's true uh <laughs> trade ford to jacksonville bulky likes damage goods says marvin rose <laughs> marvin rose uh he ain't wrong
1: no that, that that was a solid point and uh yeah especially if we could get something cool back for him right like um well they finally released my guy up there Oh, Lavisca! Let, let Lavisca free. Let let him come free? to San Francisco. #FreeVisca Free Visca. Yeah, Free Visca. Jerome, I, we no, got I, we got. Yeah, we got Brad. You know, from the SF Niners. He's all about Brian Burns and that trade for Jimmy Garoppolo. It's true. I'm all about anything that gets Lavisca Chenault uh, to San Francisco. So, Visca is my Brian Burns.
0: Visca is your Brian Burns. <laughs> hey, you listen, go. I'm not gonna. Yeah. I'm not gonna say no to that, Ant. I'm not gonna say no to that at all. Yeah. Uh, we are big fans of Visca Chenault around here on this podcast. That's right. So let's let's go. Uh, Marvin Russ is with you, Ant, on that. Pimmer, I agree with you guys. Go Edge, wide receiver, cornerback, or at sixty-one. I think all three of those positions are. Yeah, is going to be really hard a really hard spot if you're going one of those three at sixty-one to miss on.
1: Yeah, there's could be some really really impactful players there, and that's what you want. Is at sixty-one, you're trying to get somebody that can make an impact. You saw all the questions last year with Aaron Banks when they went developmental guy, um, that didn't make an impact, and now there's questions still about him. So I think they want to go somebody that can help their team right now they need to with the amount of free agents that they let leave draft and develop is a good thing but you have to trust your development when you develop these guys and you have to continue to build on that so when you lose impact players you have to bring in more impact players and one way to do that is through the draft and hopefully somebody's going to be available now the question is i wonder how many people um think that the four years are going to trade up from 61 to go get one of these impact players I, I think that's something to watch as well.
0: Uh, it is something to watch, and it is definitely something that everyone needs to be keeping in mind. Because you, you and I said this last year. We want yeah. Niners to move up more. We wanted them to be more aggressive and more sort of pick as many times as you can in the top 150 with the talent that you have and the roster that you already have. Yeah, you want impact players. You don't want guys who are just sitting there eating up space or you know aren't going to be able to make the 53 man roster. You don't want that. Um, and the further you get past 150, the harder it is to get those type of players. And the Niners have a lot of late compensatory picks, including Mr. Irrelevant at the end of the draft. Uh, Use that pick package and get up a little bit higher. Get yourself closer. Get yourself some impact players.
1: Yeah. I mean, if someone wants to take that pick, I think you don't want to make that pick. You don't want to. You you want to, you you want your, at worst, you want your last pick to be the, you know, the 221 that you have. I think they would really like to move up, um, get as many picks in the top 150, get impact players that can help your roster. And one of the ways you can do that is by using some of your draft capital to move back and forth throughout the draft, picking the times to move up and making sure you get impact players then, but also moving back. If maybe the players on the board are, aren't the is not there, take an opportunity. If you, if it's presented, move back, recoup some of that draft capital to go ahead and make another move eventually.
0: Uh, very true. And very true. And, uh, speaking of, you know, doing things to, to help out the team, uh, Cutback crew right now, help the channel out right now, like the video, we're at 38 right now, let's get it up to AK47, let's get it up to Arnold Epichetti 47, let's put that into existence out there in the ether, get the video to 47 likes right now, and uh, Arnold Epichetti ends up in San Francisco, guaranteed. It's gonna it, happen.
1: It's guaranteed. It's guaranteed if it gets to forty-seven. Yeah, and, and while we're sitting here, let's take a, a a little quick second to remind everyone that Monday at five p.m. we're going to have our fan-controlled mock draft. Accurate. Um, it, it's it's going to be exciting. You don't want to miss it. You are in control, and I think that's what's going to be fun about it. You're going to be making the picks. We're just here to facilitate. Um, and and you know, put put forth what you guys want. So make sure you're here Monday, five, 5 p.m. for wh- what is going to be an absolute uh fantastic
0: ride 5 p.m pst uh, and look if you want to be able to vote in the fan controlled mock draft we are doing that through youtube so they're going to be poll questions after we get off today after we're done with this they're going to be poll questions going live on the community page that are going to start to get a feel for players you want at 61 and things that you want there done and, and see happen whether that's trading up trading back staying at that spot drafting a position whatever that is you're going to be able to dictate dictate that to us Uh, And then when we're live here, there's going to be polls on YouTube. So if you're listening on a traditional podcast platform right now and you want to participate, if you're watching this on Twitter or Facebook or somewhere along there and you want to be able to participate, come on over to YouTube, youtube.com forward slash C forward slash 49ers Cutback. Links are always in the description as well. You can click those, come right over, set a reminder, subscribe if you haven't already, that way you get notified. Um, And then, yeah, have a blast. GMs, TCC GMs going to be dictating what we do and what the 49ers do in the first mock draft, fan-controlled mock draft for 2022.
1: Yeah, we're not even putting out our mock draft first. We're letting the fans get it first. Um, that's what's important. It's true. And then Hugo says, guys, in interest of full disclosure, I have zero NCAA knowledge, so I can't speak of any of these guys. That is completely fine. Hey, <laughs> A- okay? That is why we're doing these episodes, so that way we can help you guys you know, d- decide who these guys are. So now, Hugo, you know who some of these edge rushers are that 49ers could target what their strengths and weaknesses are that's why we do it if, if the people that are all into it you know some of the people are all into it they know about all these guys they interact with us and for everyone else we're learning i mean i mean there's a lot of these guys that i had to learn about so hugo have no fear um that's what it's about it's about learning it's about getting to know these players so when the 49ers draft them you already know who that guy is or if they didn't draft him you can tell someone they didn't draft him because he doesn't even fit the scheme like why would they why would they do that um, it's just all about, you know, continuing to advance the knowledge of knowing about the draft.
0: Uh, that's the most important. Yeah. Thing, and it's the most important thing. So cut back Crew. Yeah. If, if, you're, if you're concerns or questions, you know, we've done a, a few of these videos now on positions. And if you can't tell yet, we've been doing positions that are a little bit more important to San Francisco in terms of what they need to be doing. So, hey, go back through, watch them, um, you know, get a better idea of who these guys are. So that way, Your knowledge is up to point. Uh, Do some practice mock drafts as well. You're not gonna have a bunch of time. So when we get in there and it's time to start picking, you're gonna have a couple minutes to make a decision. You make the decision and we move on because at the end of the day, uh, we gotta get through seven rounds, seven rounds. That's seven rounds of decisions. It's a lot of different players, potentially up to nine or 10 guys. If you decide to keep all the picks and there's no trades at all whatsoever, it's gonna be fun though. It's gonna be a lot of fun. I'm excited about it.
1: Yeah, I am too. And I'm I'm excited to see what everyone else does. I mean, we've seen the, the from the chat, you know, what people's lists are of you know, positions that they want to target, and now they're gonna to have to decide. And we don't have to decide. Luckily, it's it's not gonna be our choice. We're gonna sit back, um, let this thing happen. I'm curious where the fans go, and I'm also curious to see how it develops, which players drop, and potentially you know what moves are made.
0: Uh, agreed with you there, my guy. Ayuk uh, will emerge at uh, uh, emerge as the number one wide receiver this year with Lance Debo as a fantastic football player, but his rat running is not refined yet. I think it's important that Debo gets his money now, though. Is Frank interesting? Okay, we're gonna see. We're gonna yeah, see.
1: Yeah, it could be. I, I seen uh, Megan said, are you guys doing a quarterback video next?
0: Oh yeah, totally. Yeah, it's the most important thing for the Niners to do, right? Draft the QB. Woo! Hello, Dustin crumb round seven. Woo! <laughs> eventual backup to trailant it's probably not gonna happen yeah, probably not probably not gonna happen uh look there's just uh, there's there is there was a lot of college guys um this is going to be a lot of fun on monday you're not going to want to miss it at 5 p.m pacific time ant uh and and there's another thing that we're going to be announcing here uh, at some point that's going to be next week uh with john chapman who is here in the chat and uh Another gentleman as well.
1: Yeah, yeah. You want to be here on Monday for the mock draft because we're going to have a huge announcement about what is coming on Wednesday. Um, and yeah, John Chapman jumped in chat, so we'll go ahead and leak that. John Chapman is going to be on a show with us on Wednesday night. We're going to be doing something very cool. He's going to be a part of it. And I'm going to hold and tease the other gentleman because we got went out and... uh Got another great content creator that's going to join us as well. It's going to be an absolutely fun conversation. Um, It's going to be about the draft. We're going to get into everything. So John Chapman will be here on Wednesday at 5 p.m. And also, we'll have another person, and we're going to drop that knowledge on Monday on the mock
0: draft. So make sure you're here for the mock draft so you can see who else is going to be joining us. Uh, You don't want to miss any of that. uh, And the best way not to miss any of it, is to subscribe. Subscribe if you haven't already. Like the video as well. Hit that notification bell. If you're listening to this on a traditional podcast platform after the fact, leave us a rating. We appreciate all of that. If you're watching on Facebook, share it in all the Facebook groups. And if you're watching on Twitter, just easily hit that retweet button. Put it out there for the rest of the faithful. Um, This is absolutely an incredible time for the San Francisco 49ers. This is an incredible time for this team. And the draft is, is an area where... Fans feel a lot of different ways about the Niners and when it comes to drafting. There's been the hiccups in the the early rounds, but there have been a lot of home runs and just steals as undrafted free agents that the 49ers have gone after and brought in. So if you're a 49ers fan, the draft time is one of the most important times of the year because even if you don't hit in the first round and the Niners have been hit or miss, you imagine this team and this front office is going to hit late and hit with undrafted guys who are going to be around this team for years to come.
1: Uh, Gary always says in chat, optimism is king. And the cool thing about the 49ers draft or an NFL draft, and it gives you optimism. You have optimism about what these young players can do for your team and then where your team is headed as you continue to fit, you know, fill holes um, with these great, talented players. So optimism is king, and that's what the NFL sells to the NFL draft, is optimism. And everyone feels like it could be their year after they come out of the draft. It's exciting, uh, and I'm looking forward to it.
0: is Izzy picked Benino in the poll because just because of his name. I don't know any of these players, so just went with that. <laughs> Absolutely phenomenal, I like that. Wonderful, my guy. Absolutely wonderful. It's actually a pretty close vote, too, by the it way. Is, it is. It is. I see Ajabu currently sitting there with 43% of the vote, and uh, Mafi with 24, uh, Benito with 19, and Epiketti with 14. No one really running away with it, which is, which is always good.
1: Yeah, exactly. I, I like that. I, we, got, we got people that are, are definitely informed you know, in, our, in our chat, so I love that.
0: Portola, I work for the University of Washington, didn't know any of the Husky players had to research.
1: <laughs> <laughs> uh, hey, if you are looking for a defensive back, Washington football has some of the best defensive backs last year and this year. Just go check out the defensive backs. Fantastic. Ooh, there's,
0: there's, there's a couple guys guys. Yeah. A couple really I can't wait players. till we get
1: into corners uh, and we might have to do corners like nickel guys and then corners outside guys we might we have, have to, to split it because break it up. Um, there is some absolute fantastic corners in this draft. It's true. And Washington always seems to have really, really good ones. Maybe even a couple of gyms that no one knows about.
0: Possibly. Possibly yeah. could be the case. We're excited. We're going to get through all of that. We're going to get into all of that. Uh, Don't you worry, Catback Crew. There's going to be more of these streams, more of these positions being broken down. We got, we got a few weeks till the draft still. So it's not like, you know, we have to rush through these. We're going to take our sweet time, get through as many as we possibly can. I don't know any of them either. The only college team I follow is Notre Dame, but like any good fan that does not keep me from having an opinion. I love it, Marvin. I love it. You have that, you have that opinion. Ain't nothing wrong with having an opinion. And we love conversating with you guys about your opinions and, and what's going on with this. Uh, and Frank brought it up. And so I might as well plug it right now before we wrap up officially for the night. He said, I wish you could be at the NorCal draft party with you guys. Hey, we wish you could too. And anyone that can be back alley brew, April 29th, four to 8 PM in Galt, California day, two of the NFL draft, four hours of streaming, four hours of fun, four hours of, well, maybe not four full hours of beer pong, and but beer pong <laughs> tournament going on. Some 50-50 raffle. Uh, I think you said it. 20-plus beers on tap. There is, yeah. Nothing nothing but good times and fun with the TCC. So if you can be there, be there. We're going to have a blast.
1: Yeah. Tacos, beer, TCC. Olympia. NFL draft. What is better than that? I don't know. I, I don't know. Well, now you now, now soiled not, I ruined it. it. Soiled I've it. Ruined it. That's my uh, no, it's, it's going to be an absolute fantastic time. If you can come out and join us, please do that. It's going to be a great time. Uh, I'm looking forward to this so much, and it, it's going to be a blast. And because the 49ers pick at 105, we will literally be there for the entire draft. So I, it's a blast. 49ers make the last pick of the third round. I can't wait for all of it. It's going to be exciting. Let's see what happens. But if you if you have the opportunity to get there, get there.
0: The optimism is starting to sneak in for Mr. Corey. And uh-huh. I'm a little older than you guys and can remember when the Niners blew entire drafts, every pick. This regime at least nails one to two players every draft with there a thumbs you go. up. Oh, look at that. Look at Mr. Corey coming through <laughs> with the optimism. I love it. Optimism is king. It is king here on the 40 Hours Cutback, and it's just king in general, Ant. That's the way we view it. And you know what? Everyone's going to feel differently about this. Uh, thank you all again for tuning in. This is a whole yep. heck of a lot of fun, Ant. I'm looking forward to, to more of these. Tomorrow night, you'll have a, a special live stream with. With yours truly here, so make sure you're around for that. 8.45 p.m. We'll be on a little bit later, having, having some good times and some good conversations. Um, man, Ant, what a day. What a stream. Uh, it's time for WrestleMania.
1: Yeah, it is. <laughs> uh, happy WrestleMania Day. Well, now it's WrestleMania weekend, so True. that's going to be exciting. If everyone, if you like wrestling and you're enjoying that today, ha- have a good day. Um, if you're not, um, go back and watch the other draft content that we've put out so far. There's going to be a lot of exciting ones. And the, I'm just going to sneak this. The draft content that's coming up from this channel is about to be through the roof you need to make sure you pay attention to some of the some of the things that are going to be coming out monday when we drop the other content creator it's going to uh just set the chain reaction of great things for this uh upcoming stretch all the way building until the draft party
0: uh you ain't wrong there and you are not wrong there make sure you're here monday for the fan control mock draft you want to have a fun chat tomorrow night a little cutback chat with yours truly We'll see you there for 8.45 p.m. And make sure you're on board because Monday we're going to drop some big news. And then Wednesday, Wednesday, it's going to get real. And it's going to get real right here on the 49ers Cutback. Uh, we'll see you all for the next one. And, and until that time, stay safe. Remember the right way is it's always the, the 49ers, 49ers way.
1: You subscribed but are you a
0: channel member you probably should be you get extra additional content madden gameplays you get early access to tons of different videos as well as uh as well as what, what do we call those things again oh that's right live membership only live streams that's right only for members only for you you get all of our time and uh not just football Aunt.
1: yeah lots of other stuff as well so go ahead and click the join button right now and join the Four Yards Cutback Crew. Get some cool emojis, also. Oh yeah, that as well.